In partnership with Paizo, the No Direction Network welcomes you to our PaizoCon Online 2023 seminar coverage. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our Organized Play panel, our news from Organized Play, or as we like to call it, what's new in 23. It doesn't rhyme as well this year. Oh, uh, well. Uh, thank you so much to the uh, the rules and lore, the design team who came before us with those wonderful delves into the remaster and what that's going to mean. I'm sure you all have a lot of questions about what's coming there and how that's going to affect organized play. We'll talk about that a little bit later. For now, we want to touch on kind of what's coming up for organized play uh, in the next year, in the next few months, and what we've got planned. And I have a whole host of wonderfully creative people here with me today uh, to talk about that. I also didn't say my own name. Hi, I'm Alex Spidel. I'm the organized play coordinator. Let's start with that. Um, so uh, I'd like to have my uh, my friends and coworkers here introduce themselves to the people before we get into the meat of it. And let's start with Linda. Hi, Linda. Hi, I'm Linda Zayas Palmer. I am the development manager for the narrative team, which includes the organized play folks who are here today. And uh, welcome everyone to PaizoCon. I hope you have a great show. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Jessica? Hi, I'm Jessica Catalan. I am the organized playline developer for the Starfinder Society. Hi, I'm Shay Snow. I am one of the organized play developers for Pathfinder Society. Hi, I'm Josh Foster. I am another organized play developer for Pathfinder Society and uh, dealing with a lot of the quests. Absolutely, thank you. It's wonderful to all be here. We are collectively kind of the organized play team. Uh, I do a lot of the operational work and the people here make the adventures happen and they do a wonderful, wonderful job of it. Uh, so let's dive into some of this and I want to start with my good friend Linda here. Um, Linda, can you give people who might be coming to PaizoCon for the first time or who aren't very familiar with it an idea of just what organized play kind of is at the top level, what Pathfinder and Starfinder Society are? Yes, of course. So Organized Play is a program for both Pathfinder and Starfinder that allows people to play uh, short adventures in a very flexible way with persistent characters. So we have uh, scenarios, which are around four hours. Then we've got some shorter adventures like our quests, which are about two or even one hour. Uh, and you can build a character, say, at a game convention like Paizocon, and uh, then continue that character at game stores near you or with your friends. It's very flexible um, and works well for people who have different schedules. And also just uh, if you're looking to uh, if you're looking to find um, people in your area who play uh, great for a lot of different things like that. Uh, and it lets you become part of an ongoing story, um, because when we we have these stories that we tell, um, we also gather data from the decisions that your characters make and use those to shape the way that our ongoing plots spin together. You, if you are a member of the Pathfinder or Starfinder Society, uh, your character in world is going to be a member of a group bold, of bold explorers who's exploring the unknown, discovering lost knowledge and treasures, building connections, and making decisions that shape the game world. Within these societies, not everyone has the same priorities. Um, each of the societies has different factions, which are groups that advance different causes. And you can work together with them to promote the causes that you care about with your character and to earn benefits. Speaking of benefits, um, as you play and GM adventures as a part of organized play, you earn a special currency called achievement points, 
which you can use on our website on Pizer.com to buy special rewards for your character. Um, because the uh, because organized play, you're going to have a wide variety of, gem, of GMs. Uh, the campaign has some rules to keep the experience fair and consistent. Uh, you can find the link to the uh, guide that describes these rules and other useful resources, such as pre-generated characters. You don't have to build a character to start with. You can find one of our pre-generated characters, pick it up and play. Um, by going to the Organized Play tab on Paizo.com. And uh, Alex, you've got some more information for folks who uh, might be looking to get started with Organized Play for the first time. Yes, absolutely. Uh, you know, Organized Play, it's wonderful. It's a great way to kind of find your group and find your people out there. One of the things that we've done this year is we've created some brand new pages to kind of help you get ramped up into Organized Play. We know there's there's a lot going on in it, and we want to make it as easy as possible for people to jump in. Uh, so I'm going to throw a curveball at my marketing coworkers who did not know I was going to do this. Uh, but if you go to paizu.com slash Pathfinder Society slash Get Started, or Starfinder Society slash Get Started, and hopefully one of my coworkers will put that link in the chat. I love you. Um, those pages are meant to be like a real overview of how the campaign works and touches on kind of the things you might want to know before you sit down at a at a game table. Things like how can I build my character, what kind of rewards do I get, all that kind of stuff, right? The best way, really, though, is to just sit down at a table and get started. You can do that here at Paizo uh, PaizoCon. Um, we've got wonderful uh, walk-up seats. Our first slot of games starts in uh, just under an hour, and the walk-ins are starting in about half an hour. So if you're interested, just hop in. We've got tons of people who want to show you how to play Pathfinder, how to play Starfinder, how to play organized play. Um, but otherwise, you can uh, build a character. You can use one of the pre-generated characters on paizo.com. Um, if you are uh, just starting out, we recommend you start with rules in the core rulebook, just kind of those basic stuff. But any books that you own, you can use the uh, the content from as long as we've said, yep, that's okay to use in our program. If you're a GM and you're looking to get started, uh, reach out to your local game stores, see if they've got organized play running. You can buy all of the scenarios on paizo.com and run them at home with your friends. It doesn't have to be in a game store, you can just run with your friends. And brand new, hot news drop, which I received just the other day. Uh, Starting with the start of year five of Pathfinder Society, later this year at Gen Con, our friends at Pathfinder Nexus will also be publishing the Pathfinder Society scenarios on their website. So you can purchase them from them, you get it in their kind of uh, e-reader screen-friendly format, and you'll also get the PDF included as well. You can find out more about that at their uh, panel with Demiplane tomorrow, tomorrow is Saturday, tomorrow at 9am, I'm sure they'll have more to say on that. Um, Linda, before I let you go, I just kind of want to throw a curveball at you and ask you a question because it's fun. Uh, you've been working with organized play for uh, longer than any of us. I don't want to say a long time, but what are kind of your favorite things about the program? What keeps you involved and why do you, why do you think people should come out and join us? I say it's the community. I mean, I got started with organized play at uh, Gen Con. Uh, my friends and I just kind of wanted to try out this Pathfinder thing. Um, we were confused and didn't really know what we were doing, but we went up to the volunteers there and they really helped us get started with the game. Um, and then uh, I played a lot with, uh, I was in college at the time. And so we used the, we used organized play as a way to get a tabletop role-playing club together and bring people together to play who had different things with their schedules. And then uh, I wound up playing a lot at a local game store and building a community there. So it was really a chance to uh, a chance to build community and a chance to uh, try out a lot of different characters too. Because if you're playing uh, 
a long running campaign for, you know, two, three years or whatever, you got the one character. But if you're playing organized play, you can just say, hey, you know, I got this really fun idea and I want to try it out. And then, you know, you get to you get to play with it. So uh, and you get to you get to meet so many different people. It's it's wonderful. Yeah, I love that. The the community, we've got a wonderful Pathfinder and Starfinder Society community. They're what keeps me coming back. They're, uh, they're all hanging out over on the Discord there. We encourage all of you to go and join them. They're pretty cool people, we think. Thank you so much, Linda. We'll come back and we'll chat a little bit during the Q&A. But now I want to chat with uh, Jessica about a program that's near and dear to my heart, Starfinder Society. Of course, our organized play using our Starfinder Science Fantasy rule set. Uh, Jessica, PaizoCon here is the launch of our brand new year of Starfinder Society. Uh, it is the year of Fortune's Fall. It's our brand new sort of meta plot, overarching plot. Can you tell me a little bit about the year of Fortune's Fall, Jessica? Yeah. So the year of Fortune's Fall opens with a bang when a violent attack at a museum gala launches the Starfinder Society into open conflict with a mysterious and unidentified criminal syndicate that the Starfinders have tangled with in the past and have dubbed the organization. So the first seeker, Ahu Hadith, believes that the Starfinders stand the best chance of bringing the organization's crimes to an end. So he's vowed to investigate, identify the organization and its leaders, and bring their criminal enterprise toppling down. Uh, however, we quickly discover that there's more at stake than the Starfinders realize. And as the organization's ominous Project Dawn enters its next phase, millions of lives are threatened, and the Starfinder Society will need to act fast if they hope to defeat the organization in time. Welcome to the Year of Fortune's Fall, everybody. I love this art so much. When you sort of pitched this art, I was like, that sounds really cool. And it came together so much better than I ever could have expected. I love it so much. Um, so, um, you know, the year is launching right now at PaizoCon. Um, can you tell me a little bit more, without getting into too many spoilers, of course, but can you tell me a little bit more about that introductory scenario and what players sort of might expect to experience if they decide to play it. Yeah, so this year launches with Starfinder Society intro Year of Fortune's Fall. This is an adventure for first through fourth level characters. It's written by Mapia, very talented up-and-coming author. The Starfinders travel to Castrovel to attend a museum gala celebrating the opening of a new exhibit at the Grand Museum of Cabaret. Players will get to prepare an exhibit display, network with some esteemed archaeologists and other organizations, make some friends, have some fun at the event. Uh, unfortunately, there's some unexpected guests that the Starfinders will have to deal with. So it'll be up to the players to uh, save some lives, preserve some priceless artifacts, and uh, bring some unwelcome guests to justice. <laughs> I, you know, un yeah. unwelcome guests showing up at a party we attend is unprecedented. I can't believe you've done this, truly. I know, I know. <laughs> it's totally peaceful and nothing bad happens whatsoever and you just have fun. Nothing has happens there to ever the been a time competition. when the society has been like, either society has been like, oh yeah, you know, we received this invitation, but don't worry, this is a totally peaceful thing. We're just going to send you there. You're going to get some cake and then you're going to come home and it's going to be great and something <laughs> terrible hasn't happened. I have a pitch. Yeah, well, I have a pitch. I, I mean, think I think once we should just do a scenario that's just we have tea and cakes. Everyone expects danger and there's no danger. I just I think it would be funny. <laughs> it would turn into crazy intrigue shenanigans at the table because everybody would expect that they're missing something. Something's happening. They just can't figure it out. Yeah. Oh, you're have so a cue right. for you're the so DM right. to start rolling random dice and then like mm, puzzling yeah. over them in different. 
Interesting. <laughs> interesting. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. All right. Uh, before we get too off track, Jessica, one of the things that I really like about Starfinder is that we are building on, uh, you know, six years of kind of Starfinder history here and the storylines that we have built up to this point. Um, and our, our seasons are no different, right? They build on previous stories and most notably, of course, the past year, was sort of the year wherein the drift crisis happened. Um, and we've got a scenario coming out that kind of talks about the aftermath of that as well. Tell me about Drift Scars. Yeah, so the Drift Crisis was a year-long event that ran across all of our Starfinder lines. That includes the Drift Crisis hardcover book, Starfinder Adventures, and of course, Starfinder Society scenarios. Uh, basically, uh, in a devastating instant, the drift stopped working, and everyone who was in it at the time had a really bad day. Uh, all kinds <laughs> of bad stuff happened. Uh, we have plenty of content you can read about it. Uh, but the Drift Crisis comes to a conclusion in Starfinder Adventure Path Drift Hackers. Today, uh, the Drift is functioning, once again, but it's not undamaged. The Drift has scars. It has portions that have become snagged and stagnant. They just don't flow like the rest of the Drift. So these Drift scars connect to or more locations in a single pathway, like a tunnel through the Drift. So you can only use these Drift lanes to travel to the locations specifically on it. You can't, like, get on and off and craft your own shortcuts elsewhere. So in Starfinder Society scenario number 6-2, Drift Scars, we're taking a leap into the unknown and flying into one of these newly discovered anomalies, these drift lanes, and we're checking them out. So this is your first chance to visit and explore a drift lane, and of course, see what's on the other side. So Drift Scars is an adventure for third through sixth level characters, written by the always wonderful Aaron Roberts. You will want to bring a starship for this one. Also... This is our first Starfinder Society scenario developed by Josh Foster. So congrats to Josh. He did a great Ooh. job. That's awesome. Yeah, I love I love this art too. And I just, I'm, I'm biased because I, I really like the Drift Crisis because of some work I got to do with it. But, you know, never mind that. Uh, the other kind of big, big headline that's happening this year is that the uh, one of the leaders of the society, First Seeker Ehu Hadif, has announced that he is retiring. And so, of course, the society needs a First Seeker. Uh, can you talk a little bit about sort of how that, I don't want to say replacement works, no one can ever replace Ehu Hadif in our hearts, but, you know, how we, how we select a new First Seeker and kind of what's coming up on that front? Yeah, so the time has come for our current leader, First Seeker Ehu Hadif to retire, and our search for the next First Seeker has begun. So real-life players from around the world have submitted their experienced Starfinder Society characters for consideration. Our organized play team here poured through these submissions, and we narrowed the field down to four suitable candidates. One of these candidates will be our next First Seeker of the Starfinder Society. So these candidates were obviously chosen based on like character concepts, of course, and their characters' values, but the types of stories that we can tell with them um and to have a nice varied pool of candidates so all of our players will have a chance to meet these four candidates in starfinder society scenario number six six tomorrow seekers this is a repeatable scenario uh for first through fourth level characters written by uh alex Bedell. uh it launches at gen con, gen con this summer uh you can also meet these characters on a blog post on paizo.com that's going to come out around the same time and then after this adventure's release, we'll open public voting. So everyone is welcome to come cast your vote on which of these four candidates should become the next first speaker of the Starfinder Society. We'll have some raked ballot voting. Um, you can expect first speaker Ehu Hadif to step down by the end of the year of Fortune's Fall 
and our next first speaker, whoever they may be, to be at the helm of the Starfinder Society for the launch of Season 7 this time next year. I am super excited about this. I love both. I love the candidates that we chose. Getting to write that scenario and sort of fleshing out these very colorful characters was very fun. But I also just love the the community aspect of people getting to submit their own characters that they played through Starfinder Society, and now they might get to lead the society. It's super fun and super exciting. I think we had, I don't even remember, but we had a ton of really interesting candidates to go through. It was it was a very fun process for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was hard to narrow it down to just one. four. Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I could talk about Starfinder for hours with you. So I think I will. This, that's now this panel. Uh, okay. No, there are other panels happening. Um, before I let you go, um, you know, I want to know about kind of some of your some of your favorite things about this season. In particular, I'd love to know if there's any fun NPCs or characters that you're really excited for our players and community to meet. Uh, okay, so I'm a sucker for a good villain, and we have a lot of them this year, so I'm going to vaguely comment them. Um, but for <laughs> friendly NPCs, uh, I'm going to hit you with two. Uh, I'm super excited to meet Mimli Nurkop of the Akaton Nurkops. This is a wealthy, eccentric racer. We'll be hosting a boat race across Akaton's Silt Sea midway through the season. It's going to be a ton of fun. Uh, that one is going to be written by uh, Sol, so it's going to be great. Um, I'm also really excited for everyone to meet a scholarly Sheeran later this year. They're a Starfinder who's super into studying the Zandite Collective, which is a region in near space that we haven't done much with, uh, but it's super interesting. We meet the Sheeran when they're a victim of a dangerous prank this December, uh, but you can expect them to become a recurring character. We'll help them out in their adventures in the Zandite Collective a little bit in Season 7, but you will have to wait and see for some more. That's that's super exciting. I love just the the sheer diversity of of different characters we get to meet on these adventures. They're super fun, and what you've told me about this season's villains, I'm very excited. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, really nice to get to work with some villains who are foreshadowed. So that's exciting. Uh, the the levels of of conspiracy board the Starfinder team has going on always fun to hear about. Always fun when you drop into my DMs with little tidbits. Um, Jessica, we, I'm sure we will come back to you during our Q and A. Uh, but I want to talk now to our newest team member, Josh, about our Pathfinder quests. Pathfinder quests are back better than ever. Uh, personal humble opinion. Um, but let me ask you, uh, Josh. What are Pathfinder quests? How are these different from our traditional scenarios? And how awesome is the art that we have on screen right now for our quests? Oh, that art is incredible. I, when I ordered it and saw it come back, it was magic. Um, quests themselves are two-hour uh, adventures, as opposed to your scenarios, which tend to run uh, four to five hours um, for about half the time, so half the rewards. The biggest difference is that time. Otherwise, they're just as tied into the Pathfinder Society. Uh, you won't find any uh, specific faction-based ones. There won't be any quest meta plots, so it doesn't matter what order they come out in. Play them as you want. Uh, they'll, they'll be evergreen, so even if you've played one, you can play it again. Um, they're currently uh, devoted to being low-level adventures, and the plan is to keep them that way. Uh, but really, uh, it allows us to tell uh, short-form stories uh, that get a little more fleshed out than we've been able to do with bounties, but don't have the, the sheer time commitment that a full scenario would have. Sometimes 
uh, your game store is closing. You don't you don't have time to devote four hours, or uh, the con uh, only has time for half a slot, but you still want to play a game, or the family's only together for a little bit of time, and you want something that everyone uh, can roll dice on and have a good time, uh, regardless of how long they've been playing uh, tabletop games. And that's where quests come in. That's what uh, we want this product to be for you. Yeah, I love, I love, you know, this is something that I know our volunteer venture officers have been asking about for a long time. Game stores are closing earlier now. People don't have as much time. And so having these kind of little bite-sized pieces of content are really helpful. Now, you mentioned the bounties we have had sort of present and past tense, our our Pathfinder and Starfinder bounties. Uh, can you talk to me a little bit about how those sort of differ in the other way from those and what kind of bounties were, and still are, of course, they're still available. Yes, uh, Starfinder still gets bounties, so uh, let's, let's not take that out. And they're still great products, uh, oh, yeah. but they're even short. So we want a little more room to tell a full story, and these are more tied in specifically to society play than bounties. Bounties... You could tie it into a society character, but the story made no assumption of who was taking the bounty. A bounty is posted, and some adventurers show up to do it. Uh, with a quest, uh, Series 2 quest, as we're doing them, you are given a mission as a member of the Pathfinder Society, just the same way that you would be given uh, in a scenario. It just doesn't take as long to finish the mission. Yeah. Um, and I uh, I just saw a question in chat. Yes, quests currently are now two experience points instead of just the one. They're a little bit longer than the bounties, yeah. so they give you a little bit more meat on that bone, which is great. Um, so, Josh, our first uh, quest here in this series has come out, Quest 14, The Sword Lord's Challenge. It came out in April. Tell the people a little bit about that, because I think it's a super fun adventure. Oh, we did such a good job on this one, better than I could have even imagined. Uh, it is a, a, bounty, or a quest wherein uh, a sword lord has uh, challenged Marcus Farabellus, master of swords, the uh, individual who trains all pathfinders on how to fight, that, you know what, the students that I've trained as a sword lord, they're better than anyone you could throw at me. And he, he takes them up. He takes her up on that. Uh, what I really like about it is its replayability. There are a number of challenges that the players get to choose because they've been challenged. Uh, and they don't have to pick the same ones every time. It will end in, 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 in a combat, non-lethal, because this is a friendly competition. Uh, there's a ritual for that, very handy. But the other challenges that the players do are up to them. And that's real interesting, because if you play it again, you don't have to play it the same way. And we've also given a lot of opportunities for roleplay, which is something uh, that I think is a really, really short form uh, stuff hasn't gotten enough chance to breathe. But the two-hour time period gives, I think, just enough to fit that in. Even with a brand-new player who's not very sure on the rules, uh, they can they can uh, get right into it and still have enough time to chat about the challenges and play their character. I really love, love that. it. That's yeah, really I love that. Idea. It's super fun. I, I can't wait to get a chance to play it, personally. Just sort of flipping through it when I was uploading it, I was like, ooh, this looks fun. I want to do it. So super excited for people to get their hands on that. Like I said, it came out in April. It's available now. You can run it at your game store right now. Um, but Josh, what quests are coming up in the future? I don't think we've actually announced any of the upcoming quests formally. We know they're coming, of course, but I don't think we've right. said anything about them publicly. So here's your chance. Spoil some stuff for us. Let's do it. So 
Uh, we, we've got this very heavy role play uh, sort of challenge back and forth uh, quest already out. We don't have a dungeon, though. And I wanted that sort of very traditional dungeon build. And uh, the author, uh, Shan Wolf, uh, for this upcoming uh, quest in September, has given me more than I asked for. Uh, he, has, he has returned something beyond my imaginings and made it his own in a way that I did not anticipate. And I really like what he's come up with. Uh, we're still finishing that one up, but it's going to be a, a, a good old-fashioned dungeon slog. So if, if that is the style of play you want, I want to provide that. And then, uh, if anyone likes poppets, you've heard that uh, they're, they're, they're a little bit popular. And I've got something planned in December that's uh, going to be a very interesting twist with that. Leave it at that. Don't want to don't want to give away too much. Oh, that's that's very exciting. You know, December December is such a thematic time of year, isn't it? Isn't it? I'm sure it'll be isn't a lot it? of fun. Indeed. <laughs> Well, that's all. That's all super exciting. Thank you so much, Josh. Uh, the yeah, the quests are the first one is available now. The next ones will be coming out uh, throughout the year, and uh, you've got some fun ideas. I I remember sort of when we started these, you came in with a document of about a dozen ideas and said which of these sound good, and we were like, kind of all of them. We kind of love it all. <laughs> yeah, it was more like. I think this one's more of a scenario than a quest, so we could make this a. But where do we even decide which of these ideas to do first? So it's pretty awesome. That, that document has only grown, so I've, yeah, I've got things in the works. Super excited, super excited. Thank you so much, Josh. We'll come back and chat with you in a little bit. And if you all have questions, feel free to drop them in the chat, because after this next section, I'm going to go to our Q&A. So if there's anything the community wants to know, if we whetted your appetite, feel free to drop in and let us know. Uh, but now I would like to talk to Shay about Pathfinder Society as our Pathfinder Society developer. I know you're shocked by this information, Shay. Um, <laughs> you! It's you! Um, oh so no, we launch our I didn't new... plan for this at all. <laughs> I know, I know. This is, a, this is a complete shock to you. So we launch our new Starfinder Society years at PaizoCon, but we launch our new Pathfinder Society years at GenCon at the beginning of August. So right now we are just kind of in the conclusion of year four, the year of Boundless Wonder, and we recently recently announced Year 5, which is going to be launching at Gen Con. So, Shay, why don't you tell us a little bit about what the sort of theme and uh, plot is for uh, Pathfinder Society Year 5? Uh, yeah, Year 5 is the Year of Unfettered Exploration. Uh, this is our beautiful art. We've got Taiwale sailing Ugh. into a beautiful ocean side island. It's great. It's amazing. I love him. Taiwale has recently been promoted to Venture Captain. Uh, for his great work in recruitment uh, activity and everything. So the Year of Unfettered Exploration is kind of, uh, you know, the Pathfinder Society getting back to their roots. Explore, report, cooperate. Uh, and we're going to, you know, take a look at, you know, different parts of things that we haven't seen yet. Uh, for instance, we've got new planes coming out, so maybe we're going to poke around in there. Uh, we've got, you know, different lands and everything. Uh, we've got two plots actually going on in the Year of Unfettered Exploration. Our first meta plot is obviously the Year of Unfettered Exploration. It's whereupon we uh, explore and go new places and find new things. It's a little bit more episodic uh, than most of our meta plots. Um, but our second meta plot, which is very connected, is known as the Equal Exchanges meta plot. 
Um, I don't want to reveal too much about it, uh, but it does involve uh, one of the Decemberate members, the Waterfall. Uh, this is the member that wears the uh, mysterious silver waterfall mask. Um, and it's kind of dealing with her and her um, research that she's doing in partnership with Velashnaz and Purpurin over from Treasure Vault. Uh, she and Velashnaz are kind of putting their heads together. They're coming up with something. And uh, yeah, we'll find out more about that. I'm going to keep it a little keep it a little quiet about what happens there. Uh, but for the most part, this is about exploring and coming into new places. Uh, for instance, let's see, uh, where are we going? Uh, obviously, the beginning of Equal Exchanges, uh, we're going down to Hongit. Uh, we're going to meet some goblins that deal in spicy chicken and in uh, pickled vegetables and such like that. Uh, that one is written by Michelle Kim. Uh, another one, uh, we're going to be going to an Aslanti island known as the Island of the Vibrant Dead. Um, you, nobody, may, nobody may remember this NPC from one of the earlier seasons. Uh, Marcon Tenol, uh, he, was a, he was a ghoul friend that we met uh, in Flooded King's Court. Uh, he's coming back for some help. Uh, his ghoul island has been infiltrated by somebody who shouldn't be there, and he would like the Pathfinders to come help out with all of the other, you know, chill ghouls who live there who didn't want to eat people. So there's that going on. Uh, we're going to the Mwangi Expanse to hang out with the Mataji Orcs and punch some demons. Uh, we're going to do some exploration in the Okayo Ocean. Uh, you know, it's just, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're also going back to Arcadia briefly, so. That's Everybody loves doing. Arcadia. That that sounds super awesome. A ton of stuff. Sounds like we're going to a ton of cool places. I have so many questions that I want to ask. But let me start with, you touched on a lot of scenarios, but the one thing mm -hmm. you didn't talk about just yet, I think, was the intro scenario, which is going to launch at Gen Con, the intro to the year of unfettered exploration. Obviously, I don't want you to spoil too much about like how year four ends, uh, but mm -hmm. what's involved in that scenario? What are people getting into who are playing that with us at Gen Con? So the intro to the year of unfettered exploration, which is written by Sin HHS, who is a fantastic author, um, that what's going to happen is basically there's a big party. Uh, the Pathfinder Society has decided that we've done a whole lot during year four. Everybody deserves to relax. So here, let's have this big, you know, weeks long celebration where everybody can kind of come around, come from around the world and hang out and celebrate and things like that. Uh, it is your job as a PC to distract our friend Taiwale as Fola Baron gets some stuff wrapped up for him for a special surprise. Um, and during that time period, you're like, oh, well, let's go explore the maze of the open road. Uh, <laughs> planar shenanigans happen. Uh, you're going to definitely visit other uh, lodges and things like that. Anything can happen. It is the maze of the open road. It is planes within planes within planes. So, should be some fun. Once again, a party where nothing bad ever happens to anybody. Uh, there's a theme here. There's a theme here, and I don't know how I feel about it. Okay. All right. Well, that, that, sure, is, that sure is happening. It's super exciting. Um, 
as I said, those are launching at Gen Con in Indianapolis, as well as Gen Con Online, if you'd like to join us remotely as well. Um, I think you touched on a lot of this, but are there other kind of fun adventures you want to tease, or have you gotten all the, the fun stuff out that you want to drop for now? Ah, uh, gosh, what else can I tease? Uh, Island of the Vibrant Dead, I mentioned that. That's By, by the way, that's written by Joseph Blumquist, uh, who is another fantastic author. Uh, let me think. Gosh, what, what Are there else any do like, I have NPCs available? that you're excited for us to meet or anything like that? Yes. Uh, Safa's coming back. Safa's a venture captain. <gasps> VC Safa is real! VC Safa is real! Uh, y'all are gonna go to John Murray and kind of investigate some Rakshasa stuff that's going on over there. Uh, let's see, who else is there? The Waterfall is a very cool NPC that everybody's gonna meet in 417. Uh, she's really neat. Uh, let's see, who else? Taiwale, obviously, what a sweetheart. Oh my gosh, um... I can't tell you his name. I can't because it's slightly a spoiler. Uh, uh, but we do have an extremely fashionable ghoul coming up in the Island of the Vibrant Dead. He wears a big old fake mustache and a very fancy top hat. It's going to be amazing. Um, obviously, Vlashnaz and Pure Purin are coming back, and everybody loves Pure Purin. So. It's true. It's true. I'm very excited to kind of, it's nice to see Pathfinder Society kind of incorporating those elements from the rulebooks. Taiwale, of course, first appeared in Lost Omens Pathfinder Society Guide, uh, Velashnaz and Preparin from Pathfinder Treasure Vault. Um, uh -huh. So yeah, it's just exciting to see those folks come back. It's great. Um, so, um, I will, I will put a pin in that for now. It's super exciting. I have some questions from chat and stuff that I want to get to before we have to toss it to our next panel. So thank you so much, Shay. Um, and I'm going to throw back to, uh, kind of my partner in crime here, Linda, actually, and talk about the number one question on everybody's mind, of course. Um, imagine if I just asked about skitter goblins right now. That's the number two question. Uh, <laughs> there you go. But, you know, uh, the, um, uh, well, it, instead, never mind, I'll get to that one. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, with the Pathfinder Core remaster coming, of course, the number one question is, how is this going to affect Pathfinder society? And I've given this answer dozens of times over the past uh, month or so. So, Linda, why don't you take a crack at the answer of how will it affect Pathfinder society? So, uh, and I've seen, like, so some variations of this question, like, you know, am I still going to be able to keep playing my same characters? I mean, the remaster is, it's a remaster, you know, it's not... A new edition things are still broadly speaking going to be compatible there are going to be you know yeah we we're gonna have to take a closer look as uh, as we go ahead and forward at the very specifics in the same way that you know when there's an errata that comes out we need to take a look at things so i can't say you know specifically that rule that rule right there we're not going to need to do anything with but broadly speaking yes the campaign is going to support characters using both versions of the core rulebook and the many products that we've released so far yeah, I think the, the thing that I've kept trying to tell people is we're going to make it as smooth as possible, we're going to make it as easy as possible, and we're going to make sure that the characters that you're playing today, you will still be able to play in six months, you'll still be able to play in a year, because you love those characters, mm -hmm. and they're awesome, and we want you to keep doing it, right? Um, so, Shay, uh, I have a question for you from chat, uh, from Invictus1503, ghoul PFS legality coming? Question no. mark? <laughs> no, I'm sorry, y'all. I love y'all. I love y'all. You're amazing. And I trust y'all so much. Um, part of the ghoul archetype, and it is an archetype, uh, part of that is does involve needing to eat people in order to access your powers. So I'm sorry, y'all. We're not doing that. We're not. Nobody's carrying around heads in their, in their bags so that they could, you know, take a nibble before fights. But 
I'm sorry. Ooh, I hate that idea of nibbling on heads, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Upsetting. Upsetting oh, phrase. Upsetting phrase. Um, let me ask, um, sort of, this is primarily, I think, for Jessica and Shay, but also kind of for Josh as well. Um, you all do a lot of work to kind of concept these, these scenarios and these kind of broad plots and story arcs and things like that. And I personally, as someone who doesn't do that kind of work, I'm curious kind of what inspires you to kind of get those stories where you kind of go to for inspiration on those and what led you to pick these particular storylines that you've got lined up for us this year. I think, uh, so a lot is my short answer, a lot inspires us. I think it depends what year, I think it depends what season. Last year I was inspired a lot by current events and um, things like that. But for this season, um, if you've ever played in Starfinder Society or read a Starfinder book or Pathfinder, you know that it is filled with lots of plot hooks and dangling little threads that just promise more adventure and are just waiting to be pulled on. And that is what inspired this season for me. Um, at the culmination of season two, Year of a Thousand Bites, we met an unknown foe, this elf, the Roy Veth, who aided an enemy of ours, but you know, also turned on that enemy and us. And um, you know, the Starfinders were triumphant, but their Roy Veth's death just led to more questions, right? Um, and the Starfinders, um, have picked at that mystery a little bit over the years, but not in a significant way. So when I joined um, the team here at Paizo, as head of Starfinder Society, that was one of the Aroyveth and the mysterious shadowy organization that they worked for was a mystery that I wanted to uncover and a story I wanted to tell, but I didn't want to do it first. I wanted to build them up. So last year, during the year of Redemption's Rise, we dealt with the aftermath of the data scourge and the drift crisis and internal strife. And we reunited the Starfinder Society and its members. And we, you know, we delved into our past, including some past crimes of the Starfinder Society's agents. Um, but some of these adventures also had a connection to Eroyveth's organization, notably um, number 55, Boomblock Gambit, uh, 511, Archivist Inquiry, and 513, Finding the Forgotten. And so now this year in the year of Fortune's Fall, we're bringing the story of the organization to the forefront. You know, it's time to drag them and their crimes into the light and put an end to their schemes. So in many ways, um, the year of Redemption's Rise laid the groundwork for the year of Fortune's Fall. And uh, though they're totally standalone and they're fulfilling seasons in their own right, they're also sister seasons. They kind of tell a bigger story together, just like all of our seasons and all of our metaplots all together tell us something bigger. Um, so I took a lot of inspiration this year from our past plot hooks and our past stories, kind of bringing that forward. I love that. I know there are a lot of mysteries that we've been sort of sitting on and teasing here and there. So I think people are very excited to kind of see the resolution to some of those, maybe. Or maybe just be presented with more questions. Who's to say? <laughs> Always more uh, questions. Uh, as for inspiration for, like, over here in Pathfinder City, uh, a lot of my inspiration came from the fact that, like, uh, I did a cross-country move last year, and now I'm, like, on the ocean, and that prompted me a lot to kind of explore, like, a lot of ocean things, um, a lot of uh, cultures that surround the ocean and such like that. But outside of that, uh, I get a lot of inspiration from poking at lore. Uh, there's, uh, when I became organized play developer, I needed to go back and do a lot of research in like the 1E lore and such like that. Cause I started Pathfinder with second edition. So like poking at it and figuring out, okay, well, where are our missing threads here? Like, where did we kind of set something up and then we just like let go of it and continued on and things like that. So that's kind of what I've been pulling from. 
Um, in addition, uh, when it comes to especially using Taiwale and Okayo and things like that, uh, before I moved, my sister made me watch Moana with her like 12 times. So like, there you go. Ocean time. <laughs> that that makes a lot of sense. And I got to say, like, all of our art is great. But man, the key art for these seasons are just they're something <sighs> special. They're real good. So good. Uh, uh, um, uh. I guess for me, a lot, it's it's sort of similar to, to where Shay was coming from in that I had done a lot of first edition uh, Pathfinder. And so rather than going back to research, there's a lot of things I'm like, I really wish I could have done this thing. And I, I very much want to make games that I want to play or that I would want to run uh, when I was introducing new players. And those are sort of what I'm looking for when I'm creating the, the quests of uh, what do I, as a GM, know would be an enjoyable thing to run for a brand new player or even a veteran? What, as a veteran player, would I have as much fun running next to someone who's brand new as anyone else? And I'm I'm thinking at it from that, but then I'm also looking at Galarian and seeing, well, where haven't we been? We haven't done a lot with the sword things. I should, I should do something with the sword board. and and things like that. Uh, just poking around places where we haven't really been active within the past couple of years, maybe. And that's, that's like that. it's, it's on tread ground. Yeah. Uh, so I just got sent another question from uh, Invictus1503 again that I really want to throw at Shay and Josh because I know the answer. Specifically, can we expect any tie-ins this year to maybe maybe rage of elements in any particular way, like in an early scenario uh, somewhere, maybe, Josh? Uh, oh, me first? Uh, yes. Yes, as a matter of fact, uh, look forward to Gen Con. Look forward to Gen Con is, is, is what I will say. Uh, and I'm, I've got... Uh, how much do I want to give away on that? The product page is up. You can give away some stuff. <laughs> yeah, there's, uh, there's, there's going to be some consequences from two elemental planes coming back in an area dealing with research into the elemental planes. And, uh, be very unfortunate for the people around there and hopefully the players can do something to help them all up to you guys love that love that i know that uh i think we're also gonna see a lot of a lot of first and second level kineticists at gen con i suspect uh starting their adventures <laughs> uh shay i can't tell from the look of in your face if there was anything you wanted to add to that uh yeah i mean uh, will we see you know kineticist and will we see like things from rage of elements yeah absolutely literally the intro takes from rage of elements and things like that in fact that is where we will see our first kineticist npc uh her name is ceylon lynn that's Very all exciting. i'm gonna say love that love Nothing that so yes you can definitely expect us to uh tie into rage of elements and everything else we've got coming out over the next year it's some uh mm -hmm. some really great stuff <laughs> um i see yeah, a question think... in chat that I'd like oh, to no. ask Alex. Oh no! Yeah, I what? see one directed oh, no. at you specifically, Alex. Skitter goblins. When? Skitter goblins. <sighs> For the folks at home who are just tuning in, skitter goblins are a nightmare conglomeration of skittermanders and goblins. And the running joke ever since John Compton published them in an April Fool's blog post is that people love to ask me <laughs> when they will be legal in Starfinder society, <laughs> and I am here to tell you that it's not happening unless you're a Gen Con. <laughs> Then it might. <laughs> but I'm not going to say anything more than that right now. I made some mistakes. I made some mistakes and made a terrible <laughs> joke in my chat. And now I'm suffering my consequences. 
<laughs> you should know better than to assume that no that people won't take you seriously. Skitter gobs. Skitter gobs. I should have. I've, I've made mistakes. Anyway. No reason they shouldn't happen. Crimes. I've got one named Cotton Candy Jet Fuel. <laughs> I have to be a professional. I, I, I need to close out the panel now so I can go and breathe heavily somewhere. <laughs> fine. I'm fine. Um, as we far love as you, I saw Alex. a couple. I love you all too very much. I saw a couple of questions pop up here at the end about uh, Starfinder Enhanced. I'll say very briefly, and Jessica, if you want to add anything to this, we're going to look at the book. We're going to sanction it just like any other book. And just like the remaster, once it comes out, we'll sort of give you guidance on how it's going to work. Uh, we do. Jessica, do you want to talk actually real quick about the new boons that we just added to the store for year six, which might have some effect on this as well? Uh, yes, except that it is not currently in my head right now it fled the second you asked me so i need to shove the question you asked right back at you what cool boons i'm talking about the training montage boons jessica <laughs> oh yeah great we got some um uh retraining so normally in starfinder society you can kind of retrain but like not fully so we've got some better retraining boons you can purchase them using achievement points in the boon store and i called them training montage because that's what it is when you're in Starfinder. It's much cooler than retraining. I think that's the perfect name for them, and I know that's something that people have been asking for a while, is kind of more robust retraining, so yes. Uh, Marissa, cotton candy, jet fuel, never. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, but yes, more details uh, about... Oh boy, this went off the rails so quickly, and that's what skitter goblins do. <sighs> Which is why they should be legal. Mm, breathe heavily. Anyway, on that note, we'll end on a truly chaotic note. Uh, I want to say uh, thank you to everyone for coming and joining us on this organized play panel. Uh, thank you to Linda, Jessica, Shea, and Josh for joining me here. Uh, I think most of us have uh, Ask Paizo staff AMA channels over on the Paizo Events Discord server, so feel free to hop over there. Uh, let us know what you think about upcoming scenarios. Ask us about upcoming stuff. Who knows what spoilers we might drop. Uh, ask us about, you know, non-work stuff, too. We've all got hobbies and stuff. We're real people sometimes. Um, get out and, uh, you know, play some organized play. It's a great way to get involved. It's a great way to start playing. We've got games all weekend here at PaizoCon Online. Our HQ right now, I'm sure, is seeding walk-up players for the games. So if you're interested in jumping in and you've got a badge, just uh, head over to the channels and let them know you want to try something out. Um, Check us out at conventions, check us out at Gen Con, at your local uh, comic or game or nerd conventions. Uh, check out our Getting Started pages. I think that's about it. So uh, with that, I think we can sign off. Everybody wave goodbye to the lovely people, and we will see you at the rest of PaizoCon. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us for this installment of the PaizoCon Online 2023 Seminar Coverage, brought to you by Paizo and the No Direction Network. For more great gaming podcasts, visit NoDirectionPodcast.com. <laughs>